0: So I stopped taking detailed notes at the commercial Mm. break. So right after Isabella walks up to the haunted house and it like fades to black. Perfect. Is that what you did also? No, I I have... Notes for the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> brag. No, I, I mean, I did. Do- <laughs> Somebody's no, no. taking this podcast <laughs> seriously, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. I thought we were on the same page, but I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Me too, me too. I was kidding about not having notes. Uh, <laughs> I, have so- I have so many notes. <laughs> anyway <laughs> all right well should we get started cool. since it's, yes uh, i almost said 100 p.m i was like my brain was like <laughs> say 9 p.m and then i was like no say something later that'll be funny because 9 p.m isn't that late <laughs> and what i jumped to was 100 p.m <laughs> uh, brought to you by <laughs> Nyquil PM. Okay. (laughs) Let me just finish this racers egg. (laughs) Also, there's no such thing as Nyquil PM because. Oh, wait. Nighttime is already (laughs) in the name. Nyquil is already for PM. I'm thinking it's already a PM drug. Only for something. Nyquil PM just kills you. That's a glass of (laughs) whiskey. Did yeah, I call know? this one nyquil PM. Uh, all right is This is chloroform. Let's begin. Right. This is a podcast without a cool acronym. <laughs> now with ads, just kidding. Um, this is a podcast <laughs> without a cool acronym sponsored by NyQuil pm Sponsored by NyQuil PM. Uh hence the whatever this vibe is. um <laughs> I, my name is Hannah. My uh, name is Mara. And uh yeah, we talk about vanasia verb and that's the premise of this podcast. All right. This episode is, as we said earlier, a maybe or maybe not, depending on how I edit this, uh, a two-parter, <laughs> which actually is a confusing way to put it because I'm gonna cut this out. But like mm-hmm. the ones that we call two-parters are actually one-parters because all yeah, the other like ones they are. only have. Mm, that's true oh boy it really oh, makes me my... think i didn't Gosh. smoke any weed before this in it, so... <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you that Nike will pm it's really in this spot okay what um, <laughs> if a two-parter is actually a one-parter uh yeah so this is a it's a whole it's a whole 22 minutes of one episode and boy is it <laughs> chaotic so this is yeah. one good scare How to do it which i think is 109 yeah that's okay, what great. i have perfect I definitely i've definitely been checked keeping count uh <laughs> i don't know why we're putting the numbers in who's like oh, yes, i don't let know me cross-check this with my <laughs> list. anyway it's uh, the ninth it's the ninth iteration okay um and this this episode begins uh my first note is oh sweet sweet candace Honestly. uh she's sitting in her room practicing a phone call to jeremy's house uh we love a prepared queen um okay. so she's like rehearsing what she's gonna say yes please i have a comment which is that i don't even have a crush on jeremy but it's that hard for me to make phone calls all the time <laughs> regular <laughs> phone calls i know i was like yeah. feeling judging and then i was like you know uh it's considering like the frequency and uh depth to which i draft every text message i said <laughs> i should I know. shut up um <laughs> also i just want to point out that there. are are a pair of professional level binoculars on Candace's shelf, <laughs> uh, and we know canonically that she thinks bird watching is dumb. So those binoculars mm. are used for exactly fifty percent watching Phineas and Ferb, and fifty yeah. percent trying to see into Jeremy Johnson's house. <laughs> that's true. It, it. I just. I feel like that's important. Can, <laughs> she's a four hundred dollar pair of binoculars. Uh, <laughs> Candace uh. has a book, uh, a notebook specifically yeah. for these phone calls. Uh, there's two full pages. Titled Reasons for Calling. Yeah. Which is funny. I'm really sad they didn't write in more reasons I for know. calling. I would have loved to read those. um She also has okay. two fully illustrated pages of opening jokes. Uh, yeah. Which she's only illustrated two jokes. One is uh, the one she thinks she's going to tell, which is what do you get when you cross a yak and a Martian? Um, and the other one is about the chicken crossing the road, so I'm not totally <laughs> sure where she got these or if she crafted them herself. Well, we don't ever get the punchline to the question, what do you get I when know. you cross a yak and a martian? And I want to know I like is. We'd like to know. We deserve to know. Right? I thought... But anyway, what if I just Google it? I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just Google it. See if that's a real joke. <laughs> what do you It'll probably get? just be like, this is from episode 109. A yak with I thought maybe we could come martian. up with something, but I forgot to think about it. Oh. That's fair. Uh, yeah, this is all just Phineas and Ferb stuff. Oh, it's not the premise of a real joke. So. <laughs> well, think about it. And then if you come up with something, you just yeah. shout it out. Um, her mom calls, comes into her room yeah. and is like, uh, hey, honey, I'm just interrupting for a minute. And Candace goes, why, Jeremy Johnson, did you just call me honey? Because Candace spends this entire episode fully in her own world and
1: not totally yeah. aware
0: of what's happening around her. <laughs> Uh, From beginning to end, Candace is on Nyquil PM and hallucinating. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) Linda leaves to go to book club, and she says she left a phone number on the fridge in case of emergency. And I was like, "Oh, do they don't have cell phones anymore?" Uh, And I assume it's because Linda turns off her phone immediately (laughs) as soon as she can. Yeah, no Um, kidding. Yeah, she also just like casually wrecks Candace on her way out. She's like, "I hope you're not going to be in here doing this really embarrassing thing all day." (laughs) i know uh, which is rough I real <laughs> our mom energy oh i know <laughs> <laughs> i'm like man that sounds like something a mom if our mom is not linda flynn fletcher uh yeah so we got to phidias outside under the tree uh, which he has turned into a mariachi <sighs> tree question yeah. mark it's 8 a.m which um, is quote-unquote the next big thing <laughs> the next big thing uh mariachi trees we don't see Ferb immediately, which at first led me to believe that maybe this is just the kind of idea that Phineas comes up with <laughs> on his own. It doesn't feel yeah. like a fully developed concept. It feels like Absolutely they hired a not. mariachi band to sit in a tree. Um, yeah. Anyway, it pans up and we see that Ferb is playing the trumpet. They're playing a little mariachi song again at 8 a.m. in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Ferb falls out of the tree and knocks all the other musicians to the ground. <laughs> yeah and hopefully phineas and verb are paying them workman's comp because all their yeah, bones they, and instruments are broken now right now owe them a billion dollars in damages because yeah and yeah trombones um <laughs> and then phineas says something baffling oh, which is oh, i, I know. think the lesson here is never drink too much chocolate milk before planning our day's activity yeah uh i don't know what that means i don't either and it what maybe he should sounds... have said was never drink so much nyquil pm before planning <laughs> <laughs> it's just code. That's I know. I was like, Is that a joke about there, like being milk? like little kid drunk on chocolate milk? I guess I don't that's know. stupid, anyway. Whatever. Uh, Phineas is an extremely <laughs> annoying employer, because as they're walking, <laughs> away, I was like, Thanks, I guys. Uh, good Gracias. work. And I was like, oh, Yeah, I hope you tipped them. And then he um, says, Gracias. And I was like, All right, oh, you Phineas, <laughs> cut it out. Yeah, and then Isabella. <sighs> His Mexican friend Uh, uh, walks up to him, and instead of smacking him on the back of the head, uh, she does her signature, (laughs) whatcha doing? She's like, I heard mariachi music. Do you know that it's morning time? Um, Anyway, she walks up. She does her whatcha doing, Uh, but she has the hiccups, and every time she hiccups, her face becomes the grotesque face of a gargoyle. Okay, also, her whole head, like, contracts, like... Yeah, in fairness, uh, Isabella's head is twice as big as her body, so... (laughs) Maybe that's just how hiccups work for her. I don't know. It's true. Anyway, <laughs> Isabella has the hiccups. That's the premise of this entire episode. Uh, Phineas mm-hmm. is like, oh, I'll help you cure your hiccups, and he's immediately hyper focused on that now. Yeah. Which <clears throat> is like a Phineas reaction, but not a normal person reaction. No. To correct. someone having the hiccups. Anyway. Just, he's ahead. just like, All right, well, this is all anyone in this neighborhood's gonna do for the next five hours. Thank you. Yeah. Also, <laughs> listen personally I think that Isabella could willingly cure her hiccups at any time. She is oh. that powerful and has I that have much a lot control, of thoughts but... about what Isabella is up to oh, in okay. this episode. Okay, good. I'm Everything lying. she does masks an ulterior motive. Absolutely. She's working. She's playing 4D chess this entire time. Yes. Okay. So anyway, she tricks Phineas into trying to fix her hiccups. Yeah. Um. Because she psychologically manipulates everyone around her. <laughs> I mean that in the best possible way. Anyway, Ben Phineas is like, where's Perry? And we cut to a chaotic lair entrance Oh scene. my gosh. Um, Perry <laughs> jumps into one of two identical trash cans that are sitting next to each other. Uh, it's the wrong one. It's full of trash. He jumps out. He leaves the <laughs> lid and the trash on the ground and jumps into the other one, yeah. which is just an entrance to a tunnel. And he slides down into his lair, which leads me to believe I just... I want to know mm. how many times a human person has dropped a bag of trash down that chute and killed yeah. a small animal. <gasps> yeah. There's also, just, like, what if there's just like a pile of... of trash at the bottom of Perry's lair? Yeah. That chute is gross. That's a terrible thing. It it's disgusting. It's a bad lair entrance. I, listen, the maybe lair they're. Uh... Is doing subpar work. Listen, if they have a slide waxing guy, maybe have they have someone to like clean up after that.
1: Okay, Who well, knows?
0: like. It's unnecessary yeah. for the slide waxing guy to have to like wipe out garbage every day because you decided oh, yeah. to build a lair entrance inside in of a garbage can. can. Yeah, that's true. Listen, they, I I think that creatives should have more control in some industries. Uh, yeah. Secrets by lair entrances is maybe not one of them. Like, maybe hire an engineer for that. <laughs> true. Anyway, you don't need to go to art school in order to work for <laughs> the secret entrance <laughs> department of ally. <Apple. laughs> but... You don't need Thank to you. go to any school to work for Alka. You certainly do not. Uh, <laughs> which leads me to this briefing, which is uh, oh, inefficient. So Perry gets into the lair. Monogram wastes no time in beginning his briefing. All right. He's not screwing on. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's just like, Hell, good morning, Agent P, which I guess mm-hmm. is polite. And then he's like, we've, tra- Doofenshmirtz is on the move. Uh, we've tracked him to these coordinates in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and then we lost his signal. <laughs> At which point I was like, all right, pause. Uh, I appreciate an organization that respects its employees' working hours. However, Mm -hmm. if you're a secret agent, you can't just be, like, clocking in at 9 a.m. Yeah. Like, it would be so much more efficient for him to get a little beep-beep-beep on his watch that's like, hey, Doofenshmirtz just left his lair and he's flying towards the ocean, follow him. And then all of this- It's true. Whatever. I know that the point of Alka is not efficiency in fighting crime, because Mm, that's that's abundantly clear. It just seems (laughs) silly to to be doing this little act. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Then he launches into, he's like, there are two possible explanations for this data that we have. (laughs) The first explanation is magical elves. He has pictures for this. There's visual aids. Carl googled Mm -hmm. magical elves and pulled a JPEG from Google and put it up on the screen. Mm -hmm. Magical elves have caused Dr. Doofenshmirtz to vanish to the land of angry corn people. Mm. Which I guess is also canon. (laughs) Or the second explanation, he may be on this secret. Well, never mind. Actually, we don't have time to unpack all that. Or the second explanation that he may be on this secret hideout shaped island with the initial D carved into it that satellites found in the exact spot where he vanished. And then he's like, aha, forget the magical elves explanation. Are those meetings just Monogram and Carl? Like when they oh, get yeah. in they 15 have minutes be. before Perry the platypus, someone hands them a little sheet that's like, yeah. actually, we know this. He reads it in the newspaper.
1: Someone hands him a,
0: a thing with like a sticky note that's like Doofenshmirtz Ocean Coordinates frowny yeah. face, and then yeah. he's just like, "All right, well, uh, first pitch, magical <laughs> elves." <laughs> he's like, yeah. "You know what I saw last night? Trolls World Tour. You know what I think happened?" <laughs> anyway <laughs> whatever <laughs> so they tell perry exactly where doofage mertz is helpful Doofridge mertz flies away um and we get the perry the platypus theme song okay which took me by yeah. surprise because i was like why is it in this episode i mean maybe they had to yeah, fill two parts the and they were like ah, that's throwing true. a three-minute theme song about perry the platypus it's very long it's very good but it is definitely a whole musical it's number. about uh, it's good also yeah I want to know if every animal agent in Alka has a theme song. Mm. If it's, like, an album. Like, can you buy it? Like, you ah. know how nice people will do, like, charity calendars? Like, is there, yeah. like, an album with all the animal theme songs? Oh, there better be. There is. Uh, okay, that's what also- Carl's spending all his time on is mixing that. What? <laughs> Good. Uh, I don't know if you were going to get to this, but the very last, like, scene of Perry's theme song is him flying a plane to what I assume is the island that Doofenshmirtz is on but or maybe it's just part of his theme song but i thought it was just flying. kind of like a it's like a Wonder okay. Woman reference it's like a oh is that what thing. it is i mean i don't know it's just I, like here's the understand. thing it was just such a big plane it was like <laughs> it, was, it was a like human jumbo jet that it was like a was flying. whole like like a passenger like four international yeah i was like uh <laughs> is anyone else on that plane like is this like uh is Motor transportation also an pilot? I know. Anyway, that is just something baffling that I caught.
1: You know, that's uh, yeah. a fair
0: question, uh, and it really it gives us more questions about this yeah. world yeah. that we'll never answer. That's, yeah. that's what this podcast is for, is uh, not giving you any more information. <laughs> not answering questions. yeah, <laughs> yes, certainly not. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> we cut back to Phineas and Ferb, and they decide that they're going to scare Isabella's hiccups away. Sure. Phineas asks Isabella what she's afraid of and this is one of several times in this episode where someone asks Isabella a question and she hesitates for a second before saying Mm, uh there was a haunted house that was pretty scary uh which she says in an extremely contrived way and I'm convinced she made it up because in real life Isabella is not afraid of anything she's like I don't have human fears I take a medication that makes me not feel that anyway (laughs) it's called NyQuil PM (laughs) <laughs> um, <so> she, <laughs> i don't know why that's a bit now uh, yeah that's okay. anyway yeah. so okay. she like she pauses because she's not afraid yes yeah no i was just gonna say also like asking someone what they're afraid of is like not i don't know maybe that's just like My personal, I don't want to be asked that question. No, nor should anyone. And Phineas goes a step further, which, like, I could understand being like, Oh, are you like afraid of like heights or spiders or whatever? Right, that's sort of normal information to share. Phineas does like a full monologue later on where he's like, Dig into the deepest, darkest parts of your psyche, access the the things that make you shudder at night. Yeah, and yeah, anyway, he's like really committed to this being a traumatizing experience for everyone. Absolutely, okay, also. I went to this activity once where it was supposed to be like family feud. I was just not going to participate. But first of all, they made us all sit in a row. Second of all, they start with, we're going to start with like an icebreaker. So what are you most afraid of? And then I I got up and left. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm proud of you. You're like this. This right now is my greatest fear. This is my biggest fear. Yeah. Uh, See you guys later. So anyway. Yeah that's just, a valid response that's a that's a stupid question to ask anyone anyway yeah so uh Isabel is like ah, i'm kind of afraid of haunted houses so phineas is like describing the haunted house that they're gonna build and candace shows up right behind him and like clears her throat and he goes hi candace <laughs> and candace's response is to crouch down with like a clenched fish fist <laughs> excuse me and she goes phineas like she's like an angry old guy like get off my lawn <laughs> just immediately so belligerent anyway and then she's like you can build a haunted house over my dead body and then phineas goes into a crazy scientist pose contorting all of his limbs and goes that's the idea in like a terrifying vampire voice and i was like you guys are both weirdos yeah but also that's a pretty accurate sibling conversation (laughs) (laughs) yeah in fairness that is how brothers and sisters communicate so candace (laughs) is like i'm calling mom and she goes back in anyway uh apparently no one has cell phones in this episode because Candace pulls the phone out of the wall a landline to call Linda and <laughs> yeah. I was like oh, maybe it's the end of the month she's used up all the minutes she also yeah. conducts all of her phone conversations like it's 1955 because oh my she's gosh. like hello this is uh Candace calling for Linda Flynn Fletcher may I ask who's speaking whatever she like has this really okay formal... yeah no you're totally right it also reminds me of in our childhood when dad trained us to answer oh, yeah. the phone hello may I please ask who's speaking and like I remember that's kinda of burned into my brain and sometimes like I haven't answered the phone like that in a long time, but sometimes I think about but it. But I do like, think about sh- it. Should I every be doing I answer that? the phone? Yeah, yeah. correct this is the wood residence anyway yeah so candace does that uh jeremy picks up the phone and candace immediately freaks out and goes jeremy who <laughs> <laughs> and then jeremy goes jeremy johnson and then he goes who is this and i was like candace, or, jeremy it is obviously candace oh yeah There's also no she just else. called and asked for linda <laughs> yeah what you guys are both freaking idiots anyway uh. candace freaks out and hangs up we see perry flying into doof's hideout island he like paraglides in. he Mm -hmm. enters through a trap door that's just in the ceiling and then immediately (laughs) gets trapped strapped to like a box or whatever and then doof is like "Ah, he's like doing this little sarcastic thing where he's like i never would have expected you to do exactly all (laughs) these things and he reveals that he has a series of posters outlining all of the events of the last hour where where (laughs) he's like shows the tracking, but then shows perry gonna do his lair and getting trapped and 50 pictures of himself expressing all the emotions that are face and then he gets to <laughs> like this like infinity mirror poster with like him just disappearing yeah. Yeah. In the distance. <laughs> so my point good. is he has 700 posters in this lair and that means that he created all of those in like Photoshop, and then put them on a USB drive and drove mm. to a Kinkos and handed that USB <laughs> to like a fifteen-year-old <laughs> who had to print them all out. And then he picked them up and put them on all these easels yeah. that he apparently owns. <laughs> My point is, I want a spin-off show about the Kinkos in Danville. <laughs> anyway, honestly, it's, it's just funny that he created it, printed all those for a 10 Oh day. yeah absolutely anyway then he reveals even more insane information so doofensmirch is like this cave isn't even mine it belonged to my nemesis bane just kidding it's professor destructicon (laughs) okay okay but uh yeah professor destructicon in this picture looks like a Cyberman from doctor who if he was dressed as a mexican wrestler um (laughs) yeah also apparently his real name is kevin which is what dr doofensmirch proceeds to call him for the rest of the episode so funny which is very funny uh, yeah. anyway, Kevin slash Professor Destructicon's plan was to set fire to the sun, which explains where Doof gets it. Um, Doofenshmirtz is, like, kind of crapping all over this plan, and I was like, sir, sir. Yeah. You invented Doofelium one episode ago. Right. You're not allowed right. to call other people's plans redundant. Right. Anyway, the point of, the, like, Doofenshmirtz doesn't have a plan in this. His whole goal in this episode is to, like, clear out kevin's search history like his job is to like clear out his evil lair yeah and destroy it which i was like not an efficient use of an island also like is dr or professor destructicon part of the like alka villain system because they don't arrest villains like what actually happened to that guy is he dead like did he set himself on fire trying to light up the sun like what also yeah if that's true, why is Perry trying to stop him from destroying this lair? Like, who cares? <laughs> okay, I know, right? <laughs> like Perry's just like messing with Doofenshmirtz at this point. I know. I feel like, okay. I feel like that about Perry this whole episode because he doesn't have kind of all and yeah, he doesn't. He's just doing a bit. He's just the like whole there, time. and then yeah, messing. Which then, yeah, Doofenshmirtz um, reveals his disin evaporator. Yeah, desint evaporator. Descent evaporator. Okay i'm confused because it doesn't end in it later. whatever uh it looks like a boom box um he reveals it and he's like it'll make everything doesn't evaporate so whatever he's getting ready to, to destroy the the whole island we go back to candace she's like working herself up to calling jeremy's house again mm-hmm. uh she calls and she asks for linda flynn uh which i was like oh i thought her name was hibernate. whatever <laughs> maybe candace is still like adjusting to her step family maybe um <laughs> anyway candace asks jeremy for like to speak to jeremy in the most roundabout and least casual way possible (sighs) i know she's like maybe someone else i could talk to in uh someone in their teens like (laughs) an insane person would ask like a like a creepy person from the internet would be like any teenagers i can talk to right anyway and then we get introduced to jeremy's sister Susie. i'm pretty sure this is the first time we've seen her right yeah it is okay This is Susie. I thought so because they make a whole big thing out of it. Susie is terrifying and she has the voice of Ismo when she gets turned into a cat. Um, Okay, I know. (laughs) And she basically threatens to murder Candace. So we learn that Susie is super possessive of Jeremy uh, in like a weird way that a three-year-old should not be. Um, Yeah, okay. And she's just like leave my brother alone. What? Yeah, sorry. She like is yeah really obsessed with Jeremy and I don't understand why i guess because like she can manipulate him but like seems like she's aiming kind of low but i think Susie was born evil and maybe is not yeah no that's fair uh like she's a demon or like maybe an alien yeah yeah either way uh she like she she eventually hands the phone to jeremy so candace could talk to him candace doesn't do well um she's like (laughs) stuttering and like turns into this weird i don't know i was like girl girl you Not practice it. so much but I also know. same anyway jeremy <laughs> eventually invites her over to his house uh and she screams like a maniac and then faints because women <laughs> uh, anyway yeah. so that happens uh back at doofensport's lair uh he's loading up all the stuff <laughs> uh i just have the line if there's one thing kevin understood it was closet space uh, which is funny anyway yeah. doofensport's uh starts looking for his keys. So Perry hides the keys to his like escape jet under his yeah. foot or paw or whatever he has. Oh. Foot. Um yeah. and uh is like looking around and Perry like doesn't won't tell him where the keys are. So back to Candace. She's she's trying to decide what to wear. She's also in a oh, room of the house that we've never seen before, which is just yeah. a closet and a giant window that takes up yeah. the entire wall. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, "This is not Candace's room. This is not any other room. It's, it's just, just a, a closet a and a pile room. of clothes." Yeah, now full of clothes. Uh, Insane. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the point of that window is that we can see Phineas Ferb in the background assembling the haunted house while Candace wades through a giant pile of clothes, and she's like, "What would be the perfect look for this casual meetup with Jeremy?" And then she goes, "I know." Girl Next Door meets Pop pop Diva meets Hollywood Bad Girl crossed with an old school school glamour goddess. Good night. Which is funny and also sort of my dream aesthetic. Like, she's not wrong. True. uh, But also, wow. Also, I think that this little subplot, I think that really encapsulates the Sharpay energy that... That's true. ...is really the vibe for her, you know? You're not wrong. So Anyway, uh, Candace changes into an adorable outfit. I do love it. Uh, with, like, a cute little vintage bike helmet. And she goes out to, like, say goodbye to the boys, I guess. I guess. She's just like, I got invited to Jeremy's house or something. They're like, congratulations. Yeah. Anyway, uh, while they're doing that, Ferb is sharpening an executioner's axe <laughs> on a grinding wheel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which makes me wonder, why does it need to be sharp? Um, I assume it's for aesthetic purposes and that they're not actually uh, going to kill anyone with it. But the I... grinding wheel would say otherwise. Yeah who knows i appreciate realism listen okay i take it back actually because isabella of all of their friends is definitely the one who can tell whether an axe is sharp or not just by looking at it you know that's true they're trying to make it real for her and i appreciate that they're really they're committed to authenticity yeah the only Um, way phineas also says when you see mom can you tell her some snakes got lost in the house (laughs) which is never brought up again that doesn't Mm -hmm. come back around there's just in their house now that's fine anyway um Buford Belgie and the Fireside Girl show up to help them finish building this house. Phineas apologizes to Buford for cutting into his canasta game, which is very incredible. Funny. Um I okay, have to wait. assume. Yes, go ahead. Uh, sorry. Um he starts with our friend was cursed, and they all gasp. <gasps> yes. And then he goes with the hiccups and they go, Oh. And if yeah. that happened to me, I would leave the gathering. Like I would <laughs> be like a goodbye. Yeah, I'd be like so. If I was a fireside girl, I would be like, "Uh, yeah, I got an email about it this morning because oh, yeah, Isabella is the Fidel Castro of art. Oh, friend yeah. Group. Anyway, so yeah, they they show up. I was gonna. What was my thought? Oh, yeah, Buford's canasta game. I was like, yeah. I have to assume that Buford plays at least one card game with one of Linda's many card game based clubs. Uh, Absolutely, and I think that's great, and I would love hey, to see it. Maybe that's how he met Little Susie Johnson. You're a hundred percent right i, I appreciate didn't appreciate you helping me really build out the universe of this now. episode no yeah. you're right because he was totally but like he was totally probably it. either part of that book club before oh, or oh, he yeah. like plays bridge like Linda's yeah, always yeah, hanging yeah. out with jeremy's mom exactly 100 yeah he's part yeah. of their canasta game So Phineas uh, really dramatically introduces them to what they're going to do. He goes on an insane rant uh, to motivate them to access their deepest fears. I will say that controlling the haunted house with a giant organ is Mm -hmm. uh, incredible and very on theme, and Phineas should be in charge of the Met Gala. Yes, absolutely. While demonstrating the haunted house, Phineas pushes a lever that flings for 900 (laughs) feet into the air. Uh, He crashes into the top floor of the haunted house and then... Down through all of the subsequent floors and walks out with what is clearly a concussion. Yeah. Phineas doesn't care. um, Yeah. (laughs) Or notice at all, actually, because he's really focused on on his monologue. Yeah. Also, it would be super annoying to have a friend where every time you showed up to their house, you had to listen to like a three-minute speech that they prepared. That's true. I realize that I am that friend. However... (sighs) (laughs) Really <laughs> and then you had to do manual <sighs> labor um <laughs> Ian, like, your do you think they, there's like a scene at the beginning of every one of these episodes where all those kids like sign a contract yeah yeah anyway like an nda um so <laughs> back, back at doofenshmirtz's um they're having what i call in my notes a real Katy perry moment by which i mean <laughs> they're playing hot and cold yeah um so <laughs> Duper- <laughs> shout out to 2011 Katy perry oh, um man. so doopage <laughs> Schwartz is like yeah trying to get <sighs> perry to like play hot and cold to tell him where the keys are which is funny and this like clock is counting down to the whole the like bomb going off whatever mm-hmm. um and he like tries to outlast perry for one second where he's like well i guess i'll just sit here and wait you out and teach you the meaning of grace under fire which is very funny uh and then he immediately breaks down and goes oh (laughs) for the love of caesar's ghost (laughs) what would you have me do (laughs) there's a scene between those two lines it's it just like cuts to a clock and one second goes by and it cuts yeah (laughs) and he's begging on his hands and knees i was like oh an incredible bit uh yeah then at this point Right. So, like, Perry is just messing with him. He gives this, like, really smug look on his face. And then there's a one-second shot, before we cut away, of Doofenshmirtz doing, like, a circus act where he's balancing on a ball and, like, spinning plates on top of sticks. Yeah, And I was like, either Perry the platypus managed to communicate all of that with his little platypus noise, that that's Mm -hmm. what he wanted Doofenshmirtz to do, or this is what I think happened because yeah. this is what always happens when they have conversations. Doofenshmirtz just assumed that that's what Perry would ask him to do first and started doing it. That's what I thought. Of. Yeah. He was just like, oh, you want me to do this? After Perry yeah. said nothing. And then he also yeah. already had all of that circus equipment on hand. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he starts yeah. doing that. Um, then we see Candace uh, gliding across town in on her bike um, with <laughs> cool. an incredible song playing. We get a, a, yeah. great, a great montage. Um, because Candace as I said before is fully in her own world complete with extras some guys (laughs) selling flowers just in the middle of the street there's a bunch of like weird props Uh, they sing a song suburb street yeah a house um the reason that I assume this is all completely in her imagination is that she sort of like interacts with her facial expressions with the theme song that's yeah uh because she's imagining it because it's in her brain anyway uh, she gets to the Johnsons and the tone immediately changes to like an Alfred and nightmare oh, um, yeah Susie sends her terrifying black poodle to murder Candace. Uh, it like, bites her, and then Susie turns on the sprinklers. The sprinklers, Ugh. for some reason, make a giant pile of mud appear in the middle <laughs> so of the sidewalk. Instantly. Their like, yard has terrible drainage, I guess. Uh, and then Candace, like, so she falls, she has butt all over her. She's had a rough time, and that's fair, no. and it is Susie's fault. But Candace, for a 15-year-old interacting with a 3-year-old, does not react super well. Um, yeah. She basically has like a complete mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, she's just like because Jeremy comes out and she's like, "Your sister's a demon," which is true, but not something you should say to someone
1: mm, right? about their
0: sister. Um, and then she's like, "If you can't see it, I'm just gonna leave," and she like <laughs> runs away. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of an interaction. Um, yeah, and Jeremy is uh, insane for not just ending that friendship right there. Anyway. absolutely <laughs> then we cut back to isabella walking up to the haunted house so there's like lightning striking and it's scary or whatever uh and then we fade to black for a commercial break because that's the halfway point of the episode so we re-enter from the commercial break um on isabella walking in the backyard she's about the house phineas appears behind her with a monster costume to scare okay, her. but it's, like, just a monster. Like, the worm yeah. from Dune comes up from the earth Yeah. in, like, a terrifying- It's animated in a way that's, like, legitimately scary. It's true. And then, like, she goes, oh, like, she hiccups and says, oh, it didn't work out. And then a zipper appears and he unzips it. Yeah. Which like, would also oh, terrify me. Also, true. at this point Isabella like I think Isabella might have had the hiccups at the beginning of this episode, but for the rest mm. of the time she's pretending. Oh yeah. Like every time she gets scared she's like, "Oh no, it didn't I work." Know. I'm just like, "All right." Also, I, I had this. a note that was like, "Phineas, what would you do if Isabella her hiccups were cured by that monster?" Like it what You'd you You just be do like, "Well, we're house. done." Pack it right? up, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, also, uh, does he do this when their other friends get hiccups? Exactly. I'm like, this is weird. You guys are weird. Like, feels like no, right? Feels like no. Anyway, what happens when he gets hiccups? I I don't think he does because he's a <laughs> robot. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's also wearing um, an insane wig. Oh, I know. He it's has bigger his than whole, his entire like, body. Yeah, like a lab coat and then, yeah, the red Afro wig on. Yep. Uh, Phineas then takes Isabella by the hand, pulls her into the haunted house, and uh, begins one of the great musical numbers. Oh, this song is a bop. I say this every episode, but it's so good. Like it's so good. It's such a good song. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's incredible. It is. It is really good. Ten out of ten. We recommend. Yeah. Um, no notes. <laughs> no notes. Just so solid. So. They're, like, going through the haunted house and all these, like, scary things, monsters jumping out. Uh, Isabella still has the hiccups. And then they encounter their friends who have dressed up as the scariest things they can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, Baljeet is a failed math test. Yeah. Which, like, is understandable, but sad. Like, I'm yeah, like, we don't Baljeet? have time to unpack that psychosis, yeah. but also... Yeah, yeah. but, wow, he's, buddy. He's not wrong. He's in, yeah oh i Aren't know we right? all afraid of failure deep down yeah. in our in our bones yes yeah. yeah and he deserves therapy uh and then they i do love on. his line where he's like you can oh, run it. but it won't be to the incredible <laughs> iconic so yeah then they go to a different room where buford is dressed up in the corner as Susie johnson he is. even has like her little black dog um mm-hmm. <laughs> he's i don't know how phineas knows suzy johnson maybe just because he knows everyone in the neighborhood but yeah probably i mean i don't know candace has I, a scrapbook yeah. i'm surprised that candace True. didn't know about suzy johnson before it feels True. like uh, she would have like that would be in the dossier that she has about jeremy right um, and his whole family I do need to understand what happened between Buford and Susie. Oh, I know. I would pay for that episode. Susie's stated problem with Candace is that she's like, doesn't want Jeremy to be taken away from her. And I was like, unless yeah. Buford was trying to date Jeremy, I don't understand <laughs> what the problem would have been <laughs> uh, between yeah. them. But That's I do want to know. My my next fan fiction will be about that. <sighs> yeah. Also, I say next Buford... like I have. I don't have it. I know, I've never right? <laughs> written any fan fiction about this show. But your first one will be But that. my first one will be the story of Buford and Susie. Yeah. Uh, Buford says behold the face of evil. <laughs> and yeah, Phineas goes like, are you little Susie Johnson? And Buford goes yeah man, she gives me the willies. And Phineas goes, like the music stops and he goes, little Susie Johnson <laughs> gives you the willies. <laughs> it's a great line i love it yeah uh anyway (laughs) also isabella doesn't hiccup for that entire scene just saying yeah so um it's oh it's a good scene also reminiscent of that time that monogram was like he's on my heebie-jeebie list <laughs> oh, yeah. you have a heebie-jeebie, heebie-jeebie list heebie-jeebie sure <laughs> <laughs> my yeah you're on it <laughs> honestly oh man I good stuff saying that. quality quality stuff also yeah. I want to say at this point that we don't get to see any of the fireside girls' greatest fears uh, they don't have rooms dedicated to them
1: they and don't. it's
0: because all of them have exactly one fear and it's Ooh, Isabella Garcia Shapiro <laughs> that's true that's <laughs> true you're right and i I appreciate that insight she's trained them better than that (laughs) yeah they're afraid of comrade isabella and no one (laughs) yeah disappointing their leader all right yeah uh yeah so phineas then uh takes isabella onto the roller coaster the song continues ferb is doing like an evil laugh nothing works um and candace then finally arrives back home. She bikes back home, and Susie Johnson's dog is attached to her helmet? Is, like, yeah. biting her helmet? Anyway. But they both see the haunted house, and the dog runs away. It's very, it's like, a scary. There's a whole purple <laughs> sky, some bats. Yeah, there's, like, a weather event happening above Yeah, large... I was, okay. Which, later we'll find out why, but yeah, anyway, I have some it questions was about that. Yeah. So, uh, then we cut to Doofenshmirtz, who is still talking to Perry and finds out that uh, Perry is willing to give him the keys if he sets him free. Yeah, which is not the yeah. first thing Doofenshmirtz guessed. Right, I guess he's, also, last. he's just been guessing other things this whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, he accepts. Perry shows him that it was on his foot the whole time. And then uh, Schmertz gets the keys. He he then, quote unquote, loads his plane, but he throws all the boxes into yeah, there. just tosses them like, throws which yeah. it turns out I'm doesn't like, matter because yeah they all fall out of the plane later but exactly he is but doing a bad job all of his stuff was broken so yeah anyway uh also yeah. is it his stuff or is it oh doctor okay. whatever his name is I Kevin's it was Dr. stuff Kevin's stuff too but then when they're leaving he's like so yeah he yeah he does he a whole checks- bit. He's like, oh, let me make sure I didn't forget anything. My old basketball, my golf clubs. Yeah. I'm like, why was that stuff at your friends'. Oh, were you guys I mean- living together? Like, why? <laughs> I like that. There's more backstory than we got in this episode. Obviously. Kevin do not friends. anything about nice Kevin. Try. But, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> An old, My old friend, <laughs> Dr. Destructinator, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's funny. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah, confusing. So he loads up his plane or his jet or whatever. Yeah, so uh, and then he's checking all his stuff and he sees that Perry and the descent evaporator have also been boarded uh, and wondering why he then goes, yeah, I don't okay. have golf clubs, I, I don't play golf. I don't play golf. Okay, I was like, so are we to assume, right, that he like got in yeah. there, started the thing and Perry carried the descent evaporator <laughs> onto the plane with him? Uh, like to make sure that the island didn't blow up like was that the next step of perry's plan because that doesn't make sense because what would make sense for perry to do is to chuck that into the ocean yeah i guess you don't want the whole ocean to disappear the physics of the distant evaporator are also confusing yeah But i was just like either get on there perry by yourself or yeah get rid of that in another way right yeah that is a good question confusing Um, um whatever yeah it's fine <laughs> um. Okay, but then so he like notices that uh Doofenshmirtz notices that, and then just like no hesitation, Perry starts to beat up Doofenshmirtz I'm like, yeah. What is he even doing? What is he's he just, even doing? He's like, uh, you know, he's just preemptively. He knew he knew it was yeah. gonna happen. But also, Doofenshmirtz yes. is flying a jet, idiot. Like in real life, that would just crash directly you'd crash, into the ocean. You both die, and you'd both die. Yeah, I guess Perry anyway. wouldn't drown. He's semi aquatic. True, but whatever. Um yeah, so they are fighting. Juben Schmertz tangles him up with some Christmas lights. Uh, and then Perry accidentally yeah, like, those Christmas lights are up. really the hero of this episode. Yeah, no kidding, for no reason. None. And then he like Perry accidentally presses like the hatch button. and so yeah, the whole back opens and all the stuff goes out. I'm like, yeah. well, that's nice. Um, and so you too- could have just dropped that thing out of the airlock and then driven home in exactly. peace exactly what? Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, yeah. So then, Doofenshmirtz, like shakes Perry off, but he like connects. Do you think has, Perry like, gets Christmas like a bonus lights? for like punching Doofenshmirtz in the face? Yes. Okay, that would explain a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do think that. <laughs> <laughs> I think at his annual review, they've totaled up the number of times he's kicked Doofenshmirtz Maybe in the nostrils. This is just also a form of therapy for Perry. This True. is a two. Tis a two-way street. <laughs> Perry has like
1: chronic because, platypus anger
0: issues. Listen, Perry has to live with Phineas and Verb, and Dufresne has to work through some stuff. And... I guess that's true. You know, it's a symbiotic sort yeah. of abusive relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. That's awesome. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hot and it's cold. You know. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> gonna have that song stuck in my head the rest of the day. I'm not sorry about that. It's a great song. <sighs> Fair enough. It's actually not. It's fine. It's fine. Mm, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. This, <laughs> Good. Uh so we cut to Isabella and Phineas, and her hiccups are still not cured. And Phineas then <laughs> explains Yeah. That explains that their haunted house is running using a using static electricity. It runs on static electricity. Yeah, that is what and he says. So he's just gonna try to get like more scare, I guess, scare power. We've moved to the Monsters Inc. universe. Yeah. Uh, okay, the, by... the two things, sorry. No, You're like right. he's he wants to, like, yes, yeah, strike it with lightning or something.
1: Yeah. Which the is two yeah, why we learn about
0: how this house works is that a power surge makes the house more haunted. Yeah. Which you pointed out, which is sure, that's how that works. The other yeah. thing we learn is that Phineas uh, has perfected renewable energy and is yeah. choosing not to share that information with the world yeah so that's good to yeah me. that's yeah that's awesome the real scary uh, thing is climate change phineas <laughs> yeah phineas uh yeah we could be powering america Which with socks isabella could could fix if she that's wanted true. to any of these children could you know bring peace to yeah. the middle east but they've all chosen not to they have Made a different decision, and you know what? They are nine, and that's, that's so... not an excuse. They're doing other things. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So by this time, Candace uh, has returned. Goes inside. Um, she like goes inside the haunted house. So she like I don't know why because. Why would you do that? But you know she's like obviously super scared. She gets locked in. I don't know how. Maybe the power surge. And The then- power surge does a lot of heavy lifting in this last sort <sighs> of the Yeah, session. it does. Because um in the Haunted House she encounters like actual monsters and like yeah. a live vampire who's either yeah. a person in a costume who dies later <gasps> or an actual vampire. <laughs> or that teacher from my Lumber <gasps> Law. Yeah, who just has I a just side gig that too. doing yeah. vampire bits for Phineas and Fur, probably. <laughs> Listen, that's accurate. They have a vampire on call. What is that? Also, like, call? if you're like, that guy, um... are you not hiring yourself out as a vampire? Oh, Come I know, on. You're right? You're a public school teacher. You're... Exactly, especially if you're a teacher. Yeah. So that's, that's my theory. I just that's thought that. So, Yeah. that. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is like kind of a hate crime on Candace. She does not deserve us. Yeah, I guess in fairness, they don't like lure right. her inside the house. But sure, sure. Okay. Also, actually, you're right. I take back what I said because Phineas shows us at the beginning of the episode oh, that yeah! he can monitor the entire haunted house by screens and control it with that organ. Yeah. So, like, that's. True. I guess it's possible He's... that like the power surge is making it hard. Like he can't. Con- it's out of his control now, but I guess mm, he could pull a lever. He could try. Yeah, it. he could do something. I'm sure there's an intercom. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So she's like super scared by everything, especially Buford, who is dressed up as Little Susie Johnson, which she yeah, has just fair. had a traumatic experience with. I mm-hmm. get it. Um, they now have a support kind of... group. It's just the a them. Right? It's just them. Probably not uh, though. because Susie Johnson seems. Like I know, she's... right? I was like, it's raise your hand. If you've been personally victimized by Susie Johnson. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah um so she like finally gets to phineas and he goes candace and i'm like yeah you you didn't know it's candace Um, oh boy yeah so she's deciding to bust them and asks about the giant floating baby head who she then exits with in an elevator um (laughs) is this the first appearance of giant floating baby head I feel like we might have seen it like in the background before. This okay. is definitely the first time. This I'd is get, the like, first in an episode. Though. Yeah, this is the first uh, really really sad. big appearance. But it is a yeah. good character. Yeah, yeah. We never know why. I would love to love to ask Dan Dan Povenmire that, but isn't it? Don't don't. Isn't there a giant floating baby head backstory in the episode where Doofenshmirtz? gets three genie wishes Mm, that was also like a fictional episode it's like one of those halloweens where they do like an anthology that's like here's a bunch of stories that might not be canon but also we'll get to it when we get to it all right okay it's an evolving mythology it's fine yeah uh okay so then phineas asks um if they scared her hiccups she replies by hiccuping on command yes which like at some point isabella just say yes like right you know, uh, she's yeah. saving it up for later, which is I fine, guess. but also like, girl, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. But, okay. um, Candace somehow leaves and sees Linda arrive in the garage back from book club. Mm-hmm. But Perry, so yeah, then Perry and Doofenshmirtz were fighting and they had the like Christmas lights out, and then they attached to the uh haunted house and lifted mm-hmm. up. So. Everyone evacuates, obviously, but Phineas gets stuck in the house and it flies yeah. away. Everyone's freaked out and he falls out. And Isabella, who is suddenly wearing her sash, question mark? Yeah. Whatever. What whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh and the fireside girls make a makeshift trampoline with their four sashes. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, also back up one second. Yeah, because when Phineas is like flying up in the haunted house, Isabella stares up at him silently for like a full three seconds before yelling (laughs) Phineas in a tone that is like not concerned. Like it sounds like she just (laughs) saw her friend across a crowded mall. Like, yeah, she does not sound like she's afraid for his life or concerned about anything that's happening. And it took her a (laughs) while to react that way. (laughs) I'm just saying, I think that's uh, significant. Yeah, no, They're both I psychopaths. It. Yeah. In the same way that uh, Candace and Jeremy are perfect mm. for each other, because they're both way checked out all of the time, and also <laughs> incapable of reading human emotions, yeah. uh, Phineas and Isabella are also perfect for each other, because they're both terrifying. Well, that's fair. Uh, yeah. Anyway, right. sorry. That. So yeah, they create no. a, an improbable sash- catcher thing yeah uh phineas lands in isabella's sash thing and then uh, arms and yeah her arms uh yep. and she claims that that was the phineas falling was what cured her hiccups her uh-huh. hiccups are now gone yep i was like mm, okay convenience like, likely story <laughs> uh anyway so then candace okay this is the best bit this is the best part of the whole (laughs) show um candace is running to her mom and she is telling her the boys destroyed the backyard (laughs) leaving this ugly mess in its place (laughs) the haunted house is gone it's just belgeet standing in the backyard standing there and so she goes that's not very nice (laughs) (laughs) um and candace is just staring in shock but so then cut to doofenshmirtz spots perry on top of the haunted house and he throws his, the dissent evaporator at him and it crashes in the haunted house which it breaks off the christmas lights the haunted house lands in the backyard doofenshmirtz yeah, escapes in his plane i guess uh, uh-huh. perry lets him go parachutes to safety is mad um and then <laughs> candace sees the haunted house returns runs to get linda um, she goes, Mom, it's back, it's back, it's back. But the descent evaporator <laughs> timer goes off. Yeah. And Candace missed it again, and Linda comes and she goes, yeah, it's returned. And it's just Baljeet again. He goes, <laughs> uh, I forgot my satchel. Oh, <laughs> And Linda walks away. So oh, funny. So good. Uh, anyway, then Isabella asks uh, Candace what's wrong, and she blames her brothers for, like, being, she's, like, mad that She couldn't spend any time with Jeremy. Um, And Isabella tells Candace about her her hiccups and that Phineas spent most of the day with her. Yeah, which is funny because... What Isabella actually does is ask Candace what's wrong and then after her like two-word answer is like, well, here's why I had an incredible day. Mm, I don't care about your problems. Right? (laughs) Let me tell you about what's happening with me. Thank you. And like Candace kind of gets something out of it, but Isabella's not offering her advice. She's just like, (laughs) here's what happened to me today. I didn't really care about you. Uh, Yeah. And then Jeremy walks up and is asking why she ran off and Candace starts hiccuping. And Jeremy reacts like less... Crazy than Phineas, but still more than a normal person. But still crazy. Never once still has been insane. like, I have the hiccups, and I've been like, drop everything. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Usually I'm just like, mmm, sucks. That's know, the right? end of the conversation Bummer. that we had. Exactly. <sighs> anyway, if someone paid me that much attention, if I had the hiccups, I would sue. Also, it's bonkers that Isabella doesn't try this again. <laughs> I know, <laughs> that's true. She constantly complains about Phineas not paying enough attention to her. I'm like, okay, I- get a hangnail girl like he doesn't i know he, clearly it doesn't take that much yeah it's true anyways uh yeah so jeremy like walks her inside to get her drink of water Susie gives is also there and hisses at her and then buford who's dressed up as suzy Susie, Susie sees buford and goes what did i do yeah and Buford uh... Weird side note about this: when they're all running out of the haunted house, Buford is back yeah. in his regular clothes. So <laughs> wait, really? He uh, changed back into his Susie Johnson costume, I guess. Good. Not sure for Buford, but also uh, dressing up in a costume to look exactly like someone you know is a real power move, especially someone you're scared of yeah. or hate. I'm like, like, I'm just eh. going to start dressing up as people I kind of know for Halloween. <laughs> I think that'll be mine. Okay, yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Wait, remember when TJ made a shirt with Brian's face on it? And then just wears <laughs> it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's oh, so funny. It's a good bit. Yeah, so Buford uh, stutters, walks away. Phineas and Ferb are uh, relaxing in the tree, thinking about what the scariest thing they did was. And Ferb says, it was definitely the giant floating baby head. And then they both ask where it came from. Yeah, So, I, I guess. guess, yeah, yeah we'll we'll I'm gonna about later, but it. yeah, nothing, that's the end. Yep, okay. Also, tell me if I'm wrong about this. I feel when I was watching that scene with Susie and Buford, I was like, yeah. I, for some reason that I can't explain, Susie Johnson and Roger Doofenshmirtz have like the same energy, mm. yeah, as characters. Maybe it's just absolutely annoying. Um, I don't know what it is, yeah, no, that's fair. I also, was gonna say. Sorry, go ahead. No, I feel like Isabella and Susie have like same but opposite energy. Mm. You know what I mean? True. Isabella like, like same more amount of power, but controlled. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're both equally manipulative, but in different yes. ways, different forms. Uh, can you imagine if they teamed up? Oops. Exactly. I'm like, no, scary. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah, like Susie Johnson is in like the Junior Fireside Girls, and. She is absolutely working her way up to be the next Isabella. Yeah. When Isabella yeah. goes to college or whatever, she does, becomes yeah. a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Runs the Navy SEALs. Also, this yeah. didn't really belong anywhere, but the top of their haunted house is a dog house, uh, <laughs> which I assume is haunted by the ghost of their dead dog, Bucky, whose oh, names yeah. are in the Danfield Museum of Absolutely. You're way right. <sighs> Yeah, Incredible. we really uh, built out the lore in this one, didn't we? It's just, yeah, I think this is good. We learned we learned so much. Uh, what we didn't learn is what happens when you cross a yak and a Martian. But you know, yeah. If we had all the answers, we wouldn't be compelled to keep revisiting this show.
1: <laughs> True. Guess.
0: There you go. Oh man. All right. Well, I guess we can end and this. Cool. One. Yeah. Wrap it up. Ugh, time to take my Nyquil PM. <laughs> <laughs> yep oh, sweet. sweet all right yeah. bye uh, bye <laughs>